you can't take those wins if you're not willing to accept the failures. Okay? Yeah. You can't, you got to own them both. It's got to right. be a balance. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Studying Failure. I am your host, John Egan, and my goal is to normalize the conversation of failure. I want to help you realize three things. One, you are not alone in your failures. Two, no matter your age or gender, no matter where you're at in your journey, your failure is not final. And three, your failure does not define you as a person. Each week, I'll bring out some incredible guests that will not only share their failures and their journeys, but will also give extremely practical advice on how to change the way you view your failures, setbacks, and adversity. This week's episode is a freaking masterclass in leadership. Peter has so much information that he just freely shares. It's incredible. Some of the things that we talk about are how to keep going after you fail, the true meaning of leadership, why your people really need to know that you believe in them, how to get your people to level up, and just so much more. Guys, you do not want to miss this episode. You want to make sure that you have a pen and paper ready because seriously, he gives so much great information on leadership. So if you know somebody that wants to improve as a leader, make sure you send this their way and then be sure to screenshot this episode and tag both Peter and myself, letting us know that you listened to this episode and what you took away from the episode. So without further ado, let's start studying with Peter Taunton. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Studying Failure. Today, we get to learn and hang out with a legend in the fitness industry. He's the founder and chairman of the board at Lift Brands, Mr. Peter Taunton, as the founder of Snap Fitness, which has over 2,500 locations in 26 countries. In recent years, he has acquired and founded several brands to round out the consumer fitness experience, brands such as Nine Round, Yoga Fit, Steel Fitness, and Fitness On Demand. Together with the Snap Fitness brand, they comprise one of the world's largest wellness organizations with over 6,000 locations across multiple brands, serving 165 million workouts and counting. In 2010, he was named a Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year, and his companies have been featured in such prestigious lists as Entrepreneur 500, Inc. 5000, and Top Global and Franchise 500. For Taunton, it comes down to one word, passion. He has it, he teaches it, and the results speak for themselves. So Peter, from one Midwesterner to another, thank you, brother, for coming on. I'm, I'm excited for today, man. Hey, John, that's a great introduction. Thanks, man. That's, I appreciate that. And you're exactly right. Was, I really enjoyed the, t the 10 minutes or so that we visited before going live. So yeah, one Midwestern to another. Great to be here. That's right. That's right, man. Well, dude, so you... You say that your management philosophy is success is 10% what happens and 90% how you react to it. Man, I love, I love, like that's such a, that's such a um, profound little sentence right there, dude. So kind of unpack that and, and why have you chosen that to be your management philosophy? Well, you know what, it's a, it's the, 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 the variable, right? And in business, the variable, I talk about it all the time. I mean, there are some days that I go to work, I'm a firefighter and the next day I might be a cruise director. 
hmm. and you never know what's coming. And, and the more complex your business becomes, the more, the more unpredictable that environment becomes. If you're flying the plane, if you're leading the charge, right? If you're the one, if you're the point, um, yeah. you can't have people, you can't, you, people, your employees, everyone pivots to you when things are going sideways. So mm-hmm. you can't falter, you can't fade, you can't be under your desk in the fetal position. You got to man up, you got to keep your sense about you Yeah. and you got to lead. And you know, people, people talk about leadership all the time and, and leadership, it's not a, it's not a position. Uh-huh. It's not something, it's not self-professed, right? I mean, to me, leading doesn't just mean that you're the CEO of the company. There's a lot of people within my company that are not the CEO that are, act, that are leaders. And sure. I, think, I think leadership starts when you, look to, when you look to your left and you look to your right and you genuinely care about those people around you and you're willing to pull them with you mm. um, in, the, in the charge and help, help everyone level up. Believe it or not, that's, that's where leadership starts. So I tell people leadership starts with just keeping your wits about you, leaning forward and not being afraid to failure, not being afraid to fail, but, but also just, uh, um, you know, remaining calm and collectively working through whatever issues are at hand. That's a powerful little way to view leadership. So how did you, how did you lead yourself from, cause I think you got started just as, um, you were like a front desk attendant at a, like a big box gym or something like that. Right. Not so even a, not even John, not even a big box gym, but you know how I learned to lead honestly. Yeah. I got to take you back to eight years old. Um, my dad had a grocery store in my little hometown and, and I went, I was selling popcorn in front of his grocery store as a, as a, as a kid, but looking at life through the lens of an eight year old, there's okay. certain things that you pick up on. Okay. Your dad owns a grocery store in a small town. So he, one thing that I appreciate about my father is I, I would see him working the checkout stand. I'd see him stocking the shelves. I'd see him managing the books. I'd see him carrying out groceries and shoveling the sidewalk. Wow. He, he put himself above nothing. And I saw that over time that I couldn't believe the unbelievable sense of loyalty that he got from his employees. And he got that loyalty from them because he didn't manage like a dictator. He said, guys, here's how we're going to lead this charge. And guess what? I'm going to, I'm going to take the point. I'm going to uh-huh. lead the way. And I think when you can do that and you can lead with your heart and honor and, and I always tell people don't mistake kindness for weakness. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to go to battle for you. Right. But, uh, but don't, don't try to take advantage of me. Don't, don't, don't mistake the two. Right. Wow. That's, that's an incredible example of leadership, man. And, and I think I also read somewhere that when you were getting snap fitness off the ground, you kind of took that same example from what your dad was doing and applied it to snap fitness by, I mean, you were everywhere doing everything all the time, right? Like you were doing this, you were doing that. You were sweeping the floors. Like you were doing all of that. You were all hands on deck. You weren't just sitting at the top saying, I'm the leader, I'm the CEO. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the head of all this. You're like, no, I'm, I'm almost coming down to your level and holding your hand. And as we're kind of pushing through this. Yeah. We said, I mean, day two, Day two on my job, and, and I was I was a I played professional racquetball for years, and and that's how I got into the fitness space. Nice. And I had I had this opportunity to turn around a failing health club in the hometown that I grew up in. Okay. Day, day two on that job. Now imagine this, John. I, I'm literally I'm 22 years old. Uh huh. I'm, I'm literally I don't look like a businessman at all. I'm 22. I'm rocking a mullet. I've met <laughs> people before. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, right? But I had this opportunity and I knew it was my window. So at the time I was living in Orlando, I got the call, I got the nod to go play in the major leagues and here I come, right? So wow. day two on the job, the first day I get up there, I walk through the club, the club was an absolute pigsty. 
Uh-huh. So I said, we're, I, I said to the entire staff, everyone show up tomorrow morning, eight o'clock, we're gonna clean the club. Now this is day two, I don't even know everyone's name. I probably know 15 of the people on a first name basis. Sure. And, and I get there, it's eight o'clock in the morning, everyone shows up and I'm getting ready to start dividing the group to kind of divide and conquer. And this lady steps forward, she says, oh, Peter, um, if you don't mind, before we get started, I have something to say. Uh-huh. And I said, well, Barb, by, by all means, what, what, what's on your mind? And she says, we don't clean, we don't clean. And, you know, for, for me, I'm thinking about that now. I've, there was no pre-warning or anything. We don't clean. So that was, that was a very pivotal point in my management style. Sure. I could, have said, I could have said, hey, Barb, I appreciate you sharing that. And you know what? You're exactly right. Anyone that does want to help clean today, go ahead and leave. Thank you for your time. I could have done that. Uh-huh. Or I could have gone the latter path. And I turned, I turned around and I said, hey, Barb, I appreciate that. But you also don't have a job. And I pointed to the door. Now, I tell you what, you could have heard a pin drop. Uh-huh. But the message it sent across the bow, I mean, you could have heard, you could have heard a pin drop. And, sure. and I'll tell you what, um, I went from that into how do we want to show up? And I said, you know what, this is the last day of being average. We are going to be average no more, and I'm going to lead the charge. And I said, you know what, here's the reality. This business, if you guys don't know it, this business loses $200,000 a year. And it's been losing that every year for the last five years. So everybody Whoa. get your head around that. So we are not overachievers here. My uh -huh. I said, look around. This place is a pigsty. Yeah. We, we give no one a reason to come in here every day, right? So yeah. I just got real with them. I got real with them. And some of the people, I tell you what, when I got real with them at that level, and when we, and we, when we broke to clean, I took the toilets. And I, told oh. them, I said, hey, look, I got the toilets. That's the right? dirtiest job. That's, a, that's the that's job no pun yeah man and i owned it i owned it and so that sent another message across the bow right look this guy's not playing now over the course of the next of the next 30 days i probably ended up terminating probably a third of the staff and wow. i'll tell you why because they didn't want to man up okay mm. they didn't want to man up they were lazy they and for me i wasn't overly demanding i said look here's how we're going to show up every day and I made a point to say, look, I will, sh I will lead the way. So I'm not going to ask anyone to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. But we are right. going to go out of our way to greet people by name when they come in the door. We're going to keep this club pristine clean. We're going to know everyone by name. And we're eventually going to get to know what everybody's wellness goals are. So I want to know every person by name. And what is your wellness goal? What does that journey look like? Because I can't get you to the promised land until wow. I know what, what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So just basic fundamental block and tackling relationship type business. And uh, some people couldn't swallow it and that's okay. They just couldn't work for me. There's that phrase that talks about getting the right people on the bus, right? So you were like, Hey, this is the direction that the bus is going and we just need to get the right people on the bus. Right. And if, if you're not, if you don't want to go in that direction, that's fine. Yeah. Right. Just get off the bus and we'll just, we'll fill it with the right people. And I would be, and I, I made a point to tell them, hey, look, you know what? I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to teach. I'm here, I'm here to share every part of me with you. So uh -huh. anything I can do to help you level up, I'm down for it. But I t what I won't take, I, what I won't take is, 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 is lack of effort. Yeah. Right? I mean, you got to give me 100%. If you're not going to give me 100%, I'm going to see it. And it's just not going to work out for me. Yeah, yeah. Because when you have a business that's losing 200K, I'm telling you, John, you gotta, you gotta have all stars. I mean, you can't have, you can't, you don't have time to rotate the B squad in. Uh -huh. You gotta have all star, all stars every hour of the day. And right. And subsequently, in five years, I took that business from losing two hundred to making two hundred and fifty. 
That's a $450,000 swing. Holy smokes, it, Peter. Through grit, right? Holy smokes. So when you say you, you had to have all-stars, did you hire all-stars or did you like the people that were there bring them to all-star level? I brought them to all-stars. I mean, there, like I said, there was a third of them, a third of them that did not make the cut. They didn't, uh -huh. they didn't make the cut because they didn't commit to putting in the effort to make the cut. Sure. And there's a big damn difference there. There's a big difference of some people just don't want to do it or some people that say, hey, look, I want to do it. I just don't know how. Those people, I embrace them. I yeah. don't know how. Will you help me? Well, of course I will. Come on, get on the bus. And I tell you what, you almost, you, you've got to do a lot. When, you, when I get somebody to pull me aside and say, Peter, would you show me? Mm. You, you got to literally almost punch me in the face to get me to let you go, right? Because <laughs> I just love that. I love that vulnerability and that openness because I can work with that all day long and I'll right. be patient with you. But if you're going to come off like a cowboy and, 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 and be challenging everything I'm doing and then being cancer to everyone that's around, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see that right away. And it's just not going to work out because there, there's no enough, place for that. It's hard enough to, to create a winning business. It's, and it's really difficult to turn around a failing business because people have a preconceived conception when they come into the business. Right. Right. They've been trying this club. It's been a pigsty. The staff is not engaged. So, you know, if that's their mindset coming in, you're starting like five steps back. Right. So two questions. One, what did you do to raise those people to all-star level? And then two, how did you change the consumer's minds of, you know what? this place isn't a pigsty anymore. Like this place is a place I kind of want to check out. Like, well, here, that, so two parts of that question. Those are, those are great questions. So starting get, getting people to raise, to, to, to level up. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if you want people to level up, start acknowledging people in front of their peers. Okay. When yeah. someone does it, when someone does something great, I snap the presses and I say, Hey, I want everybody to look, go over there. See, see what, see what Jeff did. Mm -hmm. here's what Jeff did. And here, here's how Jeff handled that situation. I say, Jeff, that's a, that's a money move right there, buddy. Thank you for your effort. So awesome. people, people, when you get people that'll go to battle for you, they'll rise, they'll, they'll rise and fall on the sword for you. And when you give them praise, they love that. Just yeah. like when you're hard on them, they don't like that either. Right. Okay? And then the, the other side of turning that business around is keep in mind, I had a business that was failing. Uh -huh. I went into the, I went into the local businesses. I remember I went into a, 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 a carpet store and I said, look, I need carpet, but I don't have money. <laughs> so, and I said, but I have memberships uh -huh. and I'll trade you memberships for carpet. Oh, so nice. I started doing then one of the things that helped number one, I got my staff to level up. That was, that was one path. Another uh -huh. path was I was going to cosmetically try to make some changes. So I, I went in and, and bartered for carpet and I started in the front lobby and I, I worked my way in the front door and not out and worked my way out the back door because I wanted people to notice a change right away. You know how, when you, when you lay carpet, well, you're going to do that. You're moving into your house, right? Yeah. So yeah. That new carpet smell, you know what uh -huh. I mean? So you're like, damn, right? So when they were walking to my club, instead of smelling a musty locker room, they're smelling new carpet. They're, right. seeing, they're seeing plants like floor plants, those little things, those little touches. I would stay after hours and I would paint, right? And I'm not a painter, brother, right? <laughs> so I'm painting, I'm laying carpet. And these people are like, look, this guy here has done more in two months than we've seen in the last 10 years. Wow. And so I got the community to rally behind me. So thank God people, human nature by people, people appreciate great effort. That's like, I, I always, and you know, I'm sure that you roll this way too. If I go out to a restaurant and my, and my server 
is on point and they're just going above and beyond, right? I oh, yeah. Point every time I pull them aside and I say, look, what you do, I just want you to acknowledge that I see what you're doing, man, and you are an all-star and this place is so lucky to have you. People love those props. Man. And I tell you what, I think we're, it's easy for people to get lazy in that, in that kind of spirit. But mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta spread that love, right? Yep. You gotta spread that love, and especially if you, if you know it and you've been around it, you gotta say, look, my brother, you are an all star. I want you to know that. Yep. And what that does for that person, oh my word, that can just turn around a day. That can turn around their job. It sets them on fire. Yeah. It sets them on fire. Yeah. And you know, I always tell people the the easiest thing to do, and this is true in any anything. The easiest thing to do is nothing. Just do mm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Just skate through your day. Don't say a damn thing. But you know, yeah. what? if you're gonna, not that you're gonna, not that you're gonna call people out when they're when they're when they're putting in half effort. Because I'm I'm not a downer. I'm not a hater. But when I see somebody that's going yeah. the other way and they're leaning up, they're leaning forward and they're pressing and they're pushing themselves to level up, I acknowledge that stuff all day long. Right. Right. That's that's smart leadership right there, brother. That's smart leadership. And did did you get that from your dad or like? How, how did you, how did you even catch on to that? My dad set the foundation. Okay. Just by me, as I said, looking at my father through the lens of a kid starting at eight years old and I worked yeah. with him through high school. Um, so looking at my father through that lens was a, what was an amazing gift. And, uh-huh. and, and, you know, I took that and I took it to another level just because I, I, I could see that, that, that makes a meaningful difference and even with, with my leadership, with my employees, there was several of my employees, I co-signed for their houses for them. I helped wow. them because they, be, they, first they were employees, but then they, then they, they became friends and, and more than friends. I mean, legitimate friends that people that I had the financial means to, to help them co-sign, to get them into their first house. And, and for me, I've had such an amazing and blessed life that I, 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 I cherish all those moments. It's just like when you told me you go, you're moving to your first house, I go, man, that is a big day, right? Yeah. Yeah, those are big moments. So yep. when I get to have a front row seat to vicariously experience um, somebody moving into their first house or meeting that girl and they propose, they're going to get married, they have their first child, all of those little chapters in our lives, I look at all of those and I get to vicariously just gobble them up. I love it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So how did you get from turning that gym around in small town, little Minnesota, right? How did you get from there to building this monster of a brand with Snap Fitness? I mean, I know it's not just like a snap of the fingers, but like, man, what, what was that journey like, brother? Uh, you know what? When I sold my clubs, I ran those clubs. The one that had an opportunity to turn around, um, I did that for 20 years and ended up building seven more clubs. Okay. Whoa. 20 years. Props to you. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. 20 years. And over the 20 years, I took that one club, I paid it off, and then I and then I opened another one. I did that seven times. And when I sold, when I sold those clubs, when all the dust settled and I paid all my taxes and everything, I had about three million in the bank. So okay. I didn't have stupid money, but it's all the money I had to my name. Right? Sure. I was, yeah. I was in my late thirties, and this is another great message for people because people, I mean, literally, when I was in my late thirties, I hadn't started Snap Fitness yet, and I had three three million in the bank. So huh. it's, it's, you know, that's that's I'm kind of a late bloomer to be honest. With sure. You. You know, sure. I mean, to take it from where to take it from three million to two hundred million in fifteen years, it ha- so I tell people, hey, look, it can, you can get on a rocket ship, just don't don't ever stop believing in yourself. And right. So for me, I 
I had sold my company and I, and I was and a, a good dear friend of mine who had worked for me asked me if I would if I would think ever consider building a club and doing a club so we built this club together and that that concept that club rather than having swimming pools and racquetball courts and climbing walls and all the all of that yeah we just we dummied it down to it was it was like a four three to five thousand square foot box uh-huh like the, like the snap fitness in your in the town you grew up in yeah and um and you know now when i built it when i built that one club i was doing it for him as a favor understand that interesting but i, but I had sold enough memberships in 90 days to cash flow that business for the year so Whoa. instead of having 50 employees i had two so the unit level economics were there and so I built the one and I was so shocked by the performance of it uh-huh. that I built another one. I built another one in a, in a mid-sized town. It performed the same way. Interesting. I, I built the third club in little Coquito, Minnesota, population 3,500 people. Uh-huh. And I always tell people, it's not what you take in the front door, it's what you take out the back door in, ter- in terms of profitability. Sure. That little, in that little town of 3,500 people, my rent was $1,000 a month and that included utilities. So <laughs> I knew at that point, John, that club performed just as well as the other two. And I knew at that point I had a tiger by the tail. And it was at that point that I said, I'm going to franchise this because I knew I had something that, that I could scale and I could build out quickly. Wow. Now, even when I did that, John, if somebody told me at the time, hey, Peter, you're going to have over a thousand locations. Uh, I would have said, I highly doubt it. Right? Sure. Yeah. There's been, no way. I would have been, yeah, I would have said, wow, you know what? I don't think that's possible. I think I'm capable of it, but wow, I don't, I don't know if I can, if I can do it. That I had no idea. Right. Sure. But you know, I did, I built it into one of the largest wellness brands in the world. Right. I mean, that's so, incredible, man. It's incredible. I mean, this, here's what's incredible. You know what I love about this whole narrative? I mean, people can do crazy things and, 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 you know, good fortune comes their way. But, you know, I grew up in a two room schoolhouse. I huh. quit college my junior year. Right. I mean, I had no, no, there's no reason I should have won at the level that I won, but yeah. I tell you what, so I always tell people I'd rather be, be street smart than book smart any day. Right. Because I tell you what, in the trenches of business, when you are making deals, when you are scrapping and fighting for everything you're worth, it's not that textbook that's going to save you. It's not business theory. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the practical hands-on. I got my knees skinned, my hands are dirty, and I'm in here fighting the good fight every day. Those are the guys. Those are the guys that are winning. Yeah. Well, I, I find it so interesting that like you went into that first one with no intent, just to help, and then you're like, oh, like this is kind of interesting. Second one, you're like, hmm. Third one, you're like, whoa, yeah. and then that really took off. But what really intrigues me is that you were like. I mean, you were in your late thirties, probably by that time, what that third one was done. Were you in your forties or yeah. something? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that, that blows my mind, Peter, because people so often think that like, if they're not doing what they, their dream job, if they haven't achieved this level of success by the time they're 35, then throw their hands up, they're done. Like, but you were like, no way, man. No, here. And you know what, John? I started Snap Fitness with 300,000 cash. Now keep in uh-huh. mind, I had 3 million in the bank. So that was my life savings. I, I started Snap Fitness with 300,000. And, and in five years after starting it, five or six years, um, I, had, I, I had my first liquidity event. And then this is another thing I talk about all the time. If you're starting a business and you, you created a concept and you're growing the concept, Mm-hmm. There's a point in time in this journey 
that you need to take. You have to have the fiduciary responsibility of taking some chips off the sale, off the table for yourself and for your family. Okay. You need to do that. You need to have that mindset. And people say, oh, why did you sell 40%? I sold 40% in five years. And here, here, was, here was the punchline. Yeah. I sold 40% for 47 million. Okay, now 47 million. I knew at that point in my life that, it was, that I was never going to want for anything again. Okay. Sure. Sure. I knew financially, I had checked the box for, for at the time I was married, my three kids, I knew that life was never going to be the same for me. Mm-hmm. Now, was I done working? No, I still own 60%. And, and I drove it. And in fact, I grew the company four times the size in the next five years, I grew up from doing 5 million of EBITDA to 20 million of EBITDA. Okay. Wow. Now, wow. So then what do I what do I do? Here's the next prudent thing to do. You take what they call in the, on the street, taking a bite of the apple. I took another bite of the apple. And okay. the second bite of the apple, I got paid about the same much as the first time. Okay. okay. So now I, I sold roughly 25% of the company. So today I sit here on about 30%. I still own 30% of Lyft Brands. I'm not running the company anymore. I stepped down a year and a half ago. But uh-huh. regardless of what happens on the last chapter of this, of this entity, I've, I've pulled hundred plus million out of the business. So that's the right, that's the right, right way to, to run your business and to grow it. Sure. Chips, take chips off the table. You're going to create a financial legacy for everyone around you. Yeah. I love that, man. What would you say to somebody though? If they're like, Peter, I don't have 3 million in the bank. I don't have $300,000. I I'm barely scraping by. I've got a wife. I've got three kids to feed, man. Like, what, what do you, what do you want from me? Like, what do you expect? Like, what do you say to those people? You know, I, I tell them all the time, look, if you're, if you're an expert, take, take me as an example, the, the, I bet on the horse. So I have money today and I invest in different entities, different businesses. Mm-hmm. And these are people that come to me. They don't have the money, but they have the heart of a lion. And I yeah. always say, I always say every now and then you need to bet on the horse. And, and for everyone out there that's listening to this, understand, if you, if you believe that you have a great idea, then put together what you think is your business plan. Uh-huh. And be very realistic on the business plan and then go out and find, and find people that are high net worth individuals that will do some, some, some um, private placement type stuff on the side. They're not going to bet the farm. They're not going bet, to bet, invest millions of dollars, but they'll invest a few hundred thousand. Sure. Which, which is like, I mean, and I do that all the time. It's my own mini shark tank, if you will. Right. Yeah. My own game in my head. Uh, and I take, I take equity in a number of different companies, but then I mentor them to help them be great. Mm. So there's upside for me and there's upside for them. Our, our interests are aligned. And then the last piece of that is when I have people that come in and, and, and they, they want to raise money, I ask them, how much of your money do you have in the business? Okay. Well, that's a fair question. Sure. And they may say, I have 50,000. Okay. But you know what? If 50,000 is their life savings, then they're vested more than I am. Do mm-hmm. you follow me? I got they you. Have, they have literally bet the farm. They, yeah. It's, it is their life savings. And when I'm talking to somebody who's 50 years old and they've got their life savings on it and any money that I inject, they're not looking to take that money to, to start paying themselves a salary. They're using it for infrastructure and growth. Uh-huh. I'll tell you what, those kind of guys, I want to prop them on my shoulders because I say, that's the kind of a lion that I want. You, you know, I say, are you going to be a sheep? Or are you going to be a lion? Mm. You know what? I, I only run with lions. Yeah. Move. That gave me goosebumps, man. That's good. Um, 
So I, I think it's really, really easy. And we were talking about this beforehand, before we started recording. I think it's really, really easy for people to look at you, Peter, and see this huge brand that you started, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, this beautiful home in Minnesota, and you got cars and planes, all this stuff, right? Yeah. And it's so easy for people to think, ah, Peter hasn't, like, maybe he failed along the way, but he's Peter Taunton. Like, of course he got through it, right? I'm, I'm John Egan, right? There's no way I can get through that. And so I think that's really, really easy for people to think that way. So I'd love, I'd love for you to share both personally and professionally some of your failures, but then also why they were so important for you to go through them. Well, the, I think it's important to understand the, I'm not some trust fund baby, you know, we grew up middle class. So literally, and, and the only reason I share that with your listeners is, is I, I appreciate a dollar. I mean, there are some yeah. people, some people can financially fail and they go, Oh, I lost a million, I lost $2 million. And, and it's kind of like, they're, they're really flippant about it. And I'm like, man, that, that's a, that's a lot of money. So I, I'm, I'm still, I still respect the value of a dollar. You still have that mindset. I do. I do. That's incredible. And, yeah. and I started to interrupt you, but I feel as if that's even what's made you so successful. Is that like, you're so, you're so in touch with who you were as a, as a kid, as a child, like you still hold on to that drive. No, I, I do. And, and I was, you know what, and just the other side of it, and I'll get back to your question on failure, but you know what, success is a team sport. And, and anyone who doesn't get that is really missed it. In fact, anyone who doesn't get it, I'm surprised that they ever made it to any level of success because it literally, it takes a really uh, a consolidated effort with everyone pulling on the deep on the oars in, in the same direction, right? Yeah. So, and that, that, is, that is the beauty of building companies and inspiring people. That's, mm -hmm. that's where the gold lies. The financial reward is just the benefits of getting a team to work so, so unified together, like a great symphony. Right. So it's, I've, that, that's what I've always loved about building companies and, and, and mentoring people. Mm -hmm. In terms of the failure side, look, you, you and I spoke about it earlier. You can't be afraid to fail and because failure is a part of winning. Yeah. Losing is part of winning. And anyone that's, that's, that's developed any kind of financial success or had experienced any kind of financial reward will tell you that all of the growth that they had personally and business-wise came through adversity. Yeah. And that's a true statement. That's not, that's not just people blowing smoke. That's for real stuff. And, mm. you know, one of the most important lessons, you know, have I had lessons along the way? Yeah. I mean, one of my faults is that I'm, I'm a trusting guy. And maybe that comes from being the Midwest. I'm not naive. I am, I am totally not naive. I'm, I'm super street smart. Uh -huh. I look at people and I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. So yeah. sometimes I've had some people that have stolen from me, that have, mm. that have ripped me off. You know, those 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 failures to me i failed in i failed that person because somewhere along the line they felt it was easier for them to steal from me than for me than for me not to recognize and help them level up a little bit interesting so i i own i own a little bit of that um, sure and and but then the other side is trying to uh, getting so big and and maybe trying to get outside of my lane and one example of that is i i tried to create and, and this is one that i own um, I used the resources within my company. We were, we were using a third party software okay. and we were, we were paying hundreds of dollars a month per location for the software. Okay. And I asked my CTO, 
can we create our own software? Can we create our own operating system? Mm-hmm. He, you know, they, they went as a group, they came back to me and said, Peter, we can do it. It's going to cost you a couple million dollars and it'll take us about a year to develop. Okay. okay. I said, let's move, let's, let's do it. And we, we went down that path. We deployed it across all of our clubs, all of our systems. It cost about three times as much, cost me about $6 million, took three times as long. Wow. But here's the failure. The failure is that the, the product never, I, I don't believe the product ever, never delivered in its full capacity. I felt like it was always, a, that it was potentially a little bit short, a little, a little bit lackluster in, in what, what we wanted the final product to be. Sure. And you know what, the reality of it is we, just, we should have stayed out of software development and just looked to a third party to do it, which gotcha. is what we're doing right now. But at the end of the day, it cost me time, it cost me money. But what bothers me the most is some, I, I caused some of our franchisees you know, some heartburn because it was clunky. It wasn't smooth as it probably could have been. Mm. Mm. So, so and, that, that, and that's what you have to own it, you know? And I think with, with leaders, and this is an important point, leaders, founders, leaders, CEOs, yeah. sometimes they like to take, they like to take all the wins. They like to <laughs> take all the glory and talk about all the great things they did. But here's mm-hmm. the reality. You can't take those wins if you're not willing to accept the failures, okay? yeah, you can't, you got to own them both. It's got to right. be a balance, you know right. what I mean? And I, and I, I just, it drives me crazy sometimes. And I've got some friends that are like this. They talk about the wins all the time. They all they want to be known about is for their wins, their wins, their wins. But when it comes to a failure, they start talking about lack of effort. They start talking about department and, you know, rather than saying, Hey, look, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I sign the checks. Right. right. And if I didn't dig in enough to know that what they were delivering was not going to be enough at the end of the day, I got to own that piece. Uh-huh. Right. Well, it's so it's that, that came to, what, what came to my mind. Some of the top basketball coaches, college basketball coaches in the country, they ever, anytime, anytime they get a big win, anything happens like that. They, they push that win to their players, right? Like look at the players, the players did well, the players executed this, that, whatever. But when they lose, when they get a when they get a tough loss, they immediately look to themselves and say that loss was on me. Yeah. That loss was on me. And it, I mean, it sounds like that's exactly what you're talking about. It's uh, you know what's funny, John, is uh, when I you know when I when I'm in my boardroom, so with, with our company, and we have people wearing multiple hats. But uh-huh. uh, we had uh, when when I'm coming in and I'm, and I'm giving out tough love. Okay, if yep. I'm giving tough love. I'll say I'll t- my, my staff would hate it when I would talk to my VPs and I would say, look, we're just not that good. Hmm. We're not as good as we think we are. Right. And uh-huh. I, would, I would throw that on the table. Right. And then I would, I would grab my cup of coffee, my, my empty coffee cup and I'd go to the break room uh-huh. and I'd say, because they know I'm going to get coffee. I close the door. Yeah. And I tell you what, there's more fur flying in that room when I, <laughs> because they are like, they hold each other accountable. Right. Yep. They hold each other accountable and they understand that they are a team and they know the importance of everyone staying in their lane, but they also know the importance of everybody getting their job done because right. the big wheel doesn't turn if, if, a couple, if two of the spokes are jacked up and only given up 70%. So right. by me coming back, the whole tone has changed and I'll come back and I'll say, okay, are we ready to go to work now? Right? Interesting. Now, and I tell you what, they are sitting up straight and they're like, you're damn right, Pedro. We are, huh. let's go. And I tell you what, you know, titles and seniority and work ethic, it's not gender specific. 
So I had women within my organization that they could, they could, I mean, they were, they were freaking flamethrowers, man. Yeah. They, they didn't play around. So I hire personalities and I hire passion and uh, I've worked with some great women who can kick ass. That's, that's incredible. So touch on that just for a few minutes, um, hiring uh, personality, because I love that. And that's something that I've always told myself um, is like, if I'm ever in that leadership position, right? When, when I get to that leadership position, whether that's five years, 10 years, 15, whatever, I'm going to look to hire that person who is passionate, that person like who, who has character, because that's, that's something you can't teach. Like you can't teach that. Uh, so why, why did you, why did you choose to go that route instead of hiring someone who has like 10, 15, 20 years of fitness industry experience? I, you know what I've had, you know, the great part about my company, I would hire, I had, I had, I've had some guy, one of my guys came from a bakery. He was a, <laughs> no another, way. Right. Another guy was a bartender. Um, I pulled a guy who, who managed a small Marina on the lake that I live on. Okay. Uh-huh. Because I would watch this guy and he had the respect. He was, you know, 25 year old guy working at this Marina, making, making 30 grand a year, working a sack off had the respect of everyone around him. But what I loved is just his, his attention to detail and his level of professionalism. And I remember pulling him aside and saying, look, brother, you, you know, you've got, you've got something. I, you've got a real talent here. And I know, I, I don't know if you love what you do, but I would love the opportunity to work with you someday. And that's wow. just how I left it. And you know what? I'll be damned. A couple of weeks later, my phone rings and I say, come on board. I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to use you yet, but I'm right. going to use you because I need people like you. Right. And, um, and he, he came on board and, and just, you know, just unbelievable commitment and passion and so detailed and, and just kind of a no nonsense guy. He's, you know, he doesn't, he's not a nine to five guy when he's, he's coming, he'll come in and he doesn't leave till his work is done, which, yeah. you know, those people like that, they go far. Yeah. I love that, man. I, I, I love that. Um, so back to, back to the kind of idea of, of failure, right? Um, you know, Winston Churchill has that, has that quote saying going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm, right? So how do we lead ourselves after we fail? Like after you had that, that big, you know, failure with, um, you know, your system, your operating system, how do we lead ourselves through failure to just like to continue to keep going and, and pressing on and pressing on? I think the first, I think the first thing, John, you know, when you fail, obviously, you got to you got to be able to the first thing you have to do is acknowledge and this is really important for your listeners so there's a number of steps through failure mm-hmm. the first thing that you have to acknowledge is acknowledge that you're failing okay yeah okay i mean right. as silly as that sounds get your head around that that you're failing and you may potentially suck at what you're trying to do okay mm-hmm. get your head around that piece of it number 1 And number two, then figure out, okay, how do I unwind this with this least amount of brain damage as possible? Okay. And, but don't unwind and make sure that you have a plan B. Where am I pivoting to? Okay. What is my next path of action? Okay. Because if if it's a company, you're either going to A, pull the shoot on it because it's not working or B, pivot because you had it read wrong. Okay. Right. The dogs are not eating the dog food. What you thought it was, it's not. So that's all about paying attention and, and, and literally, and have it, make sure that it's collaborative, have people around you, um, listening and get their feedback as well, which is a lesson in its own right. Right. Mm, so yeah. to me, it's not so much that I failed. 
It's okay. I've acknowledged that I failed. All right. Next question. And that's how I kind of am about it. Okay. Okay. We failed. Once I get in my head, Peter, this is not a good play. This is not a good use of your time or, or capital or human capital moving forward. Uh-huh. So what are we going to do? Are we going to A, shut it down? Are we going to mothball it? Or are we going to pivot in another direction? Because we have great people, but the product's not working. All right. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of things that you got to run through your head before you make that decision. Okay. And then once you make the decision, press forward and put your resources into what, what it is that you're going to do. Yeah. It's, it's so important. Don't, you know, you don't walk around, kick the dog and pout about it. You just man up about it, own it, and then really take a deep look at see how did we make these mistakes? How did it occur? And don't repeat it. So the, uh, I had a question come into my mind because so like when you acknowledge it, right? Acknowledge that I failed and then you choose either going this route or going that route, right? You choose one, one way or the other. How do you kind of work through that conversation in your head of, of and what if I fail again? right? Like what if, what if I make the wrong choice? What if I go the wrong way? How do you kind of work through that conversation in your head? Well, number one, I never, I would never head down another path and have a doubt that I'm going to fail. That's number one. Number two, when I'm going down these paths and even in my life today, Uh I I may be a nine figure net worth individual, but I don't bet the farm. Okay. I'm not going to be one of those guys. I don't bet the farm. I don't ever make a play where it's going to sink the ship. All sure. Right? So, you're, you're not a burn the boats type of guy. No, you're, no, that's a fool. That's a fool talking. Okay. Yeah. Um, and sometimes either they're foolish or they're, um, they're naive uh-huh. or they're very, very reckless. Reckless. Sure. Okay. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm moving in a direction that I've thought it through and I bounced it through the, the people in the room. And, and here's the other thing, you know, about listening. And th- this is another great tip for your, for your listeners that, that, Listening is an art. Now, when I go into a boardroom and I have a topic, so there's an agenda topic, uh-huh. I'll go around the room and I'll ask people, what is their thoughts on it? Okay. And I'll get the opinion from everyone around the room before I open my big mouth. Okay. Now there's, there's other, why do you do that? Because there's other leaderships that would go in there. If I go in there and I say, hey, guys, here's what I want to do. Here's the direction I want to go. Then everyone around the table is going to side with my thought process. Sure. Rather than me getting a consensus of what does the room think about this situation. And I can take bits and pieces of what they're saying. But then in, in the wake of that, I can say, look, here's what I had in mind. And then I lay it out for them, right? Okay. And then, so that way you're getting by, you're getting, number one, that your human capital they're, they're part of the thought process, which is important. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they're just sitting in there and they bring, you're, you're limiting them to the amount of value that they could potentially bring you because they're, they don't want to tell you you have a bad idea, okay? And, yeah. and you know what? You got to have that kind of, you have to have that level of people in your office that are going to that are, that are have the, the, the balls to tell you, look, I think that we're making a big mistake here, mm-hmm. okay? So right. that doesn't happen often because I, I'm an expert in my space so I have everything very well thought out. And generally when I'm doing that type of a setting, uh-huh. there may be some modifications to it because somebody in my IT department will say, look, we can do, we can capture this information over here. So it doesn't have to be drawn out. So it get the whole idea gets really streamlined. Sure. But the moral, but the moral of the story is listening is an art. It's, it's, it's harder to do than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Active listening, Absolutely. active listening. That is a skill. It is a really, really, really good skill if people can master it, man. That so, will so take true. them a long, long way. 
yeah, people don't think about it, but you got, I mean, and it comes with, it comes with, with maturity and sophistication in running businesses. Yeah. You know, you know how you see some people I've gotten involved in a lot of companies where I've got a young founder, CEO, young founder, CEO, and they're running like a wild horse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I'll tell you what, I'm not afraid of a wild horse. All right. I'm not. Okay. You know, I put the bit in their mouth and I let them run and they can buck and run and run kind of wild around. But you know what? Eventually they're going to, they're going to calm down and they're going to, they're going to get smarter at what they're doing. They're going to work smarter and not longer. And they're going to be more focused and I can, I can run them down a channel of look, here's your sweet spot. Don't spend your time over here because that's not generating money for us. And I can get anyone to do that. Sure. I want you to focus on this spot right here because this is where you shine like no one else can. Mm. So the importance of putting people in the right place and have them, like you said earlier, stay in your lane, like do what you do really, really well. Yeah. And people need to know, people need to know that you believe in them, you know, and that's the other side of failure. You know what? I've never said, I've never, you'll never hear the words come out of my mouth. If, if, you know, if you, if you fail again, you're fired. Hmm. Okay. That's just a bad message all the way around. I always, always, and and you know what? I also don't do it across. I don't point someone out in a room of their peers and say, and say, John, you suck. You suck at your freaking job. Sure. Never do that. Okay. That's an ignorant leader that does that. Okay. What I will say to the group as a whole, I'll say something like, we're not that good. Mm -hmm. We're just not as good as we think we are. Let's just face it. Right. Sure. Yeah. And that's, I'm talking about the room as a whole. I'm not centering anyone out. And then, and then it was, when I break the room, I'll say, Hey John, can you stick around? And then I'll say, Hey John, what did we learn? Yeah. And then I'll tell them, Hey brother, I want you to know. And I look them right in the eye. I get shoulder to shoulder with them. And I say, look, I want you to know, I, I believe in you. You got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in yourself. And then I'll say, get in the game. Wow. Right. And well, they, and they spit fire when they leave. Cause they say, cause they know they, they may have known they screwed up, but mm-hmm. they know I haven't given up on them. And that's a big deal. Well, I was just about to say that, like one, it, it creates belief in them of like, oh shoot, like Peter believes in me, man. But then also it creates accountability in me. Like, yeah. man, like Peter's, Peter's actually watching me and what I, what I'm doing, right. man, I, like, I don't want to let him down. I don't want to let the team down, right. man. I, I got, I got to go. And I then, got I, to go. You're right on John. And I tell him, even when I'm repping, Hey, what did we learn? Yeah. I know what I learned. What did you learn? Uh huh. Learn here, right? Because okay, let's. That didn't. That kind of left a mark. That stung a little bit. We disappointed some people. Yeah. So what What did we learn from it? How are we going to prevent this from happening again? I mean, yeah. You got to have those open conversations. You know, and that's how you. That's how you help people level up. Man, man, Peter, I feel, dude, I could just talk with you all day, brother. Man, <laughs> woof. Um. <laughs> good stuff, though, isn't it? This is awesome, good man. Good life lesson stuff. A lot of this that we talked about, John, you can take with you on the road anywhere you go. Right? Yeah. Common sense, just block and tackling, bootstrapping, good stuff, hard work. Absolutely. Work, Absolutely. And, and you can apply to what, like, whatever avenue of life you're in, whether you're a parent, like a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, whether you're a business owner, whether you're just an employee at a company, like leader, manager, employee, whatever your title is. If you're working at McDonald's, like no matter what you're doing, you can take all of this with you. And, oh, that's so important. It's so um, important, man. It's, it's, so, it's so great. I mean, life is great and you got to yeah. have people up around you. Yeah. Uh, a couple last questions for you, brother. Yeah. How do you define success and failure for yourself? Because it's so different for everyone else. 
And I think it could be really easy for people to look at you, Peter, and be like, wow, he is successful, right? Because, because all the money and things and stuff that he has, that's why he's successful. But I'd love to know what your definition of success and failure are. Yeah. And that's a a great question. And I'll tell you what, people measure success. A lot of times they they measure it monetarily. and Uh and, And here's an important lesson people understand. People say, well, you know, Peter, you know, Peter's successful because he has money. No, man, I'm telling you, the money is a result of the effort that I put forth. Okay, so success, don't undermine the level of effort and risk that took that took place. The, the financial riches is uh-huh. just the result of hard work. Okay? It's a byproduct. It's a byproduct of, of creating something that's relevant, that the consumers want, that, that, that it, and, and hard work and it's a group effort with people. So there's that side of it, the financial side of it. Uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not ever going to deny that, you know, having, having money, life is, life, life is easier. I always say, you know, given the choice between being broke and having money, take the money. Okay? Sure. Life is yeah. easier with the money, I promise you. Okay. Yeah. But someday, someday when I die 50 years from now, I hope, I hope that people don't remember me that, you know what, that I was a rich guy and I was a, a smart businessman and, and, and experience some unbelievable success. I'm, 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 I'm hoping that that's not the narrative around me. I hope that they say, you know what, this guy, despite all of his success, hmm. the guy, I mean, he was a jean, a blue jean t-shirt guy, man. He, I, I like me, I get out of my Ferrari. I'm going to be the guy in jeans and a t-shirt, right? Yeah. I'm playing. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. I ro- I roll the way I roll. And I don't have to impress anyone and, and don't be wild. I'm just a normal guy like everyone else. So, yeah. you know, I always say, you know what, never forget who you came from. Everybody, everyone should drink out of a styrofoam coffee cup. Don't ever forget that. Yeah, man. It is like, and it's like burning your hand as you're drinking it and you can like taste the styrofoam in the coffee itself. And it's just like, it's just this weird I'm taste. You, straight away, you know what, John, with success, you get special treatment. You don't wait at restaurants. You get the best seats and concerts and sporting events. Um, people carry your bags. They bring you coffee. They bring you tea. And all of that is a result. All of that is for the position that you hold. Okay? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's really the position and the respect that you have for having that position. But when, when, when all of that fades, just to me, it's so important that you don't lose yourself in all of that. Right. Because you can start drinking your own Kool-Aid a little bit. And mm-hmm. I always say, man, keep it real. And that's why my, my narrative is always, hey, look, you know what? Everyone, we, we're, we should all drink out of a styrofoam cup because it's, yeah. it just levels the field. And it's a sign of, of just complete humility. And I, and I say it figuratively, but don't be that person that, that when somebody hands you a cup of coffee in a styrofoam cup that you're like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. To me, just don't forget who you are. And I, I'm yeah. still that kid that grew up in that two-room schoolhouse. I that love part. that, man. I, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, I, th- um, that came to mind something I heard a while ago. Someone said, you're not, as good as they, uh, you're not as good as they say you are, but you're also not as bad as they say you are either. It comes with it. You know, yeah. I, I, I would, the, bigger, the, the more successful you are, the bigger the target is on your back. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, re, it's absolutely ridiculous. And today with social media, I mean, you, you, you can't, I mean, people start stuff all the time. It is what it is. I don't listen to half of it, but, yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know, it, I think it's kind of funny, you know, and people like to paint you with this brush. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been uh, pigeonholed as a, a, this, this playboy, right? Which uh-huh. could be any further from the food truth. I may be single. I may live a great lifestyle, but 
you know, I, I look for that. I look for that Mrs. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm right. It's, a, it's, a, it's not as, it's not as easy as you think. We talked mm. about it earlier. You want to uh-huh. see your heart and not your wallet. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's hard. Yeah, and there's absolutely. No place, there's no place to hide. Absolutely. You know, people are going to, with the very little effort, they're going to know everything about you. So, it's just Google your name and it's, it's incredible. It's, um, it's honestly, it's crazy. Well, so I, I got one more question for you, Peter. And, and before that, man, I just, I, I want to say thank you so much because dude, talking with you now, and then even the 10, 15 minutes before we started recording, like you are the same person, dude, you are authentic. Like you are you, like you're not this, like before it starts recording, whatever. And then once it starts recording, like put on a smile and you're like that, that little boy from the two rooms schoolhouse, like you're the same guy and it comes through, man. And it shows. And, um, dude, thank you, man, for like one, for the example that you're setting. Um, but two, for how you share it and, and that you are so willing to share it. So it's it's incredible, brother. That's very, very kind of you to say, John, I appreciate that. And, and, um, you know, I would say, I I hope I know I'll always be that way that I'm just going to show up. Like I said, I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a normal guy. I just happened to hit one out of the park, but other yeah. than that, other than that, I'm that, I'm the same guy. So I like to be humble and kind and gracious for sure. I, I, I love it, man. Well, it shows. Um, all right. Last question for you, Peter, is you get 60 seconds to look into a phone and you get to send a video, you get to send a message to anyone in the world. It goes directly to their phones regardless of what their language is, it gets sent directly to their phones and it's this message on success and failure. And so you get one minute to give them this message on success and failure. What's that wisdom? What's that piece of advice that you're sharing with them? I would tell them first things first, forgive yourself for all regret that you have. Mm. Forgive yourself, clear your heart, Anyone that you have need to make amends and say you're sorry to do it, but then let it go. Because yes. a lot of people, t- they tend to eat themselves out, they eat themselves up from the inside out. So that, uh-huh. that's step number one. Step number two, I tell them, look, chase your dream because life is short and this isn't a dress rehearsal. So ah. you're yourself, you can do it. Yeah. And if you need to, if you need to, to, to partner with someone else to, to, to make your dream happen, just to get in the game, do what you need to do to get in the game to chase your dream. And even if you got to moonlight a little bit, make some sacrifices. Hey, look, if you're going to get into business for yourself, there's going to be many sacrifices that you're going to make. Right. Every one, of, every one of them will be well worth it. Whether you win or lose, they're going to be well worth it because those are life experiences no one can ever take away from you. Mm. That's powerful, man. Especially that forgiving yourself. That's, that's powerful, brother. Well, Peter, brother, thank you so much, man. This was awesome. A real joy, real pleasure. Like we said before, talking with a fellow Midwesterner. So thank you, man. I loved it. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Hey, John, I I appreciate it as well. And you know, any, anytime you'd like to have me on, I'd be happy to come back for you. I, I enjoyed it as well. Thanks, man. Like I said, dude, I feel like I could just talk to you forever. So I, I'll probably take you up on that again. <laughs> okay, love to do it. Brother, take Thanks. care. Great show. Best of luck to you. Thanks, man. Take care. Ciao. Man, what an incredible episode, especially on leadership. I mean, from minute one all the way to the very end, Peter was just talking and giving us so much gold on leadership and the true meaning of leadership and how we need to make sure that our people know that we believe in them and how we can help our people level up and how we as the leaders 
how we like to take all the wins, but man, like we can't take the wins if you're not willing to accept the failures. Like you have to own both of them. And that goes as a leader, as whether you're a leader in your home, whether you're a leader in your company, whether you're a leader on your sports team, you can't just take the wins. You have to accept the failures. You have to own them both. And that's the only way that you're going to continue keep striving forward and continue moving forward. Man, I just love this whole episode. Guys, if you took something from this episode or if you think someone would benefit from hearing the wisdom that Peter shared, go ahead and send this their way and then tag both Peter and I on Instagram, letting us know what you took away from the episode as well. Also, if you haven't already, head over to Apple and leave us a five-star review and let us know what you think of the podcast as we have some awesome, awesome, awesome stuff heading your way soon. Well, guys, that about wraps up this week's episode with Peter. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you took something from it. I know I did and I'm excited to implement those things, whether at work or with my family. So guys, until next week, remember that failure is part of winning. Losing is part of winning. So if you want to succeed, if you want to reach your end goal, you will have to go through those failures. You will have to lose. And it doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. It just means that you have something else to learn.